lovely people. Welcome to yet another week of our podcast. I'm Noreen. I am Amanda. And together we are Love Is It. Whether you is for you. Hello. Hello, lovely people. Welcome back to Love Isn't. Is it people? Is it kings and queens? Is it um, fellow humans? <laughs> <laughs> this is all in an attempt not to say a particular word. <laughs> Ethlings. <laughs> Ethlings. <laughs> People we shared most of our DNA with. I don't know. Really beloved. <laughs> we are gathered here today. We're gathered, dearly beloved. Yeah. <laughs> hope you all are, hope you all are doing well. In this pandemic. <laughs> Sorry, in this pandemic. My question to you is how you know we're going to post this during this paranomic? Well, we recorded it in a paranomic, so now that you know. <laughs> we cannot be sneaky about it. This is the unfortunate thing about our rawness. Like, whatever is happening in the moment is what's happening. Okay. We cannot, like, do things and then we're like, oh, we're going to insert it six months later. Mm-hmm. Well, we could, but if the, you should know it was recorded during the pandemic. Um, when we took that long sabbatical, <laughs> you know, to get our lives together. Anyway, I, I wasn't getting my life together, guys. I don't know about getting my life together. Well, we were not, but you just tell that so that people think we're busy. Oh, we're important. All we have <laughs> things to do. Yes. Anyways, how are you doing? I'm alive. What does that mean? It means I'm here. I actually took a nap today in the middle of the day. Ooh, that's a big deal for you. I know. And woke up. It took me a while to wake up because if you expect me to wake up after sleeping in the afternoon and just be ready, it's not going to happen. Nor will it be pleasant. (laughs) So... It took me a while to wake up, but I eventually got up and I went on and did some stuff and took a shower and that kind of helped. Showers always help. I love, I can shower three or four times a day. I know I should worry about like water and stuff. (laughs) I was going to say, each time you take a nap, you're showering. (laughs) No, 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 no. Like... I do take my naps are sleeps, you know. My you know that my I don't nap for an hour. I nap for like three hours. Mm-hmm. But like, I love showering. Like if I'm feeling uneasy, I shower. If I'm feeling anxious, I shower. Like showers make me feel great. Mm-hmm. And like my best thoughts and my best life resolutions are made in the time when I'm showering. Like in the shower. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, it's like I'm cleansing myself and I'm coming up with great ideas yeah. on how to be a better ethling. <laughs> then how I come out of the shower. Now? <laughs> 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 then I come out of the shower and I was like, wait, what was I talking about? <laughs> Whoever came up with all these great ideas to change the world, they lied. I'm like, mm, I'll change it. I'll change the world tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not today. <laughs> Anyways, um, so today we're going to be talking about our boarding school experiences. Or you, you can look at it like our parents didn't want to parent us. Um, either way, <laughs> we're talking about well, those. The title of the episode is Boarding School or Not Wanting to Bond with Your Children. So a lot of... Um, Kids, well, I don't want to say a lot, but some kids in Zimbabwe, where we grew up, they had we had to go to boarding school. Um, and boarding school at that point, I think it was a status symbol to some people. But I also don't think it's um limited to Zimbabwe because we had Botswana's that would come. Those are people from Botswana. We had uh, people from Tanzania that would come to go to boarding schools. I think in the African context, South Africans. 
Yeah. I think in the African context, boarding schools were a status thing. Mm-hmm. I think in North America, we're a behavioral thing. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about our experience and how we how how we lived through that. Mm. So when did you go to boarding school, Noreen? What grade were you in? <laughs> <laughs> Technically, literally on paper. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna hit us with the technicalities, please. I'm gonna hit you with all them technicalities, okay? I was supposed to be in grade four, and then they didn't have any sports, so I started in grade five. This is all in the same year. So basically, they're like, forget grade four. You're going into grade five. This is what I was laughing. me, guys. <laughs> you were young. You were young. Well, okay. I started by going to a boarding house. So I would still attend day school. But there was a house that I went to that was in my parents' house at the end of the day to go sleep it. And they would take care of us the same way that they would take care of you in a boarding school. Mm. And then, yeah, so grade four, my uh, parents realized that I could actually take the bus and I knew how to get home. So I never really stayed at the boarding house. I would just come home anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Hence the boarding school instead. Part of it is... My mom was here at that point. So my dad was like, how can I raise girls? And my other siblings were all in boarding school as well. So the transition was a boarding house. And then I was uh, skipping out on that. So then I went to a boarding school at the tender age of, I am going to go with nine years old. Wow. Should we talk yeah. about abandonment trauma? <clears throat> right? Like, <laughs> I was saying my attachment was already intact by then. Cause... It was not, but clearly it, it, it created an, is it an insecure attachment? <laughs> yes, that. <laughs> well, would you like to explain to the bear what you mean by an insecure attachment? <laughs> don't, don't add me, sis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> I don't know, but cle- I don't think it is a secure attachment. I don't think so. I also think as time has gone by, it might have evolved because I don't think you're stuck with the attachment style you are exposed to. You can evolve. I feel right now, I know that my parents care. They don't have to be in close proximity or with me all the time for me to know that. Mm-hmm. But in relationships, it's another story for another day. Mm, I feel that. Yeah. I feel yeah. that. Yeah. But, so um, I went to boarding school when I was in grade form one, which is grade eight. Mm-hmm. And it was basically like my grandmother was like. Which, yeah. by the way, was more typical. Right. For kids to do day school until they were done their primary. And then when you're beginning high school, you go to boarding. Because at least then you would be, what, somewhat mature. And they're teaching, they're installing certain values. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll talk about those. But they're installing certain structure that being in a day school doesn't actually come with. Yeah. So when I, well, my, me going to boarding school was, if you do well, in hindsight, I shouldn't have done well. (laughs) if you do well you go to boarding school oh if you don't do well you're gonna do day school in hindsight i should have just failed (laughs) and then i would have been closer to my grandmother but you know what they say in order to be a good girl you do well in school facts right so and also like my mom was because my mom was already in canada my my grandmother was my primary caretaker, and to her she's been, caregiver. Caregiver, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> caretaker. Caregiver. <laughs> what was she taking from you? <laughs> Care. Um, 
I'm primary caregiver. I'm sorry. <laughs> My bunkers are up. I can't speak English no more. I need to reset. Mm-hmm. No, but because of that, because my mom was here and my grandmother was the primary caregiver, she was like, uh, we are old enough to go to boarding school and because your mom can afford it, because boarding school wasn't cheap, because your mom can afford it. No, you it go. never been, yeah. They're like, you gotta go. And as, a, as I was 13, I think as a 13-year-old, it was like, oh, I'm going to boarding school. We got money now. Uh, <laughs> but also, and you know, honestly, they say boarding school is for rich kids. It's really not. We've been it, poor it in there. It's never been. Oh, it, we'll talk about your first day. <laughs> Tell us about your first day in boarding school. Oh, I remember I I got there. But first of all, because they wouldn't even take you to the school and say goodbye at the school. You had to wait at the bus stations with all these other people. And my my grandmother didn't even take me to the bus stop where we had to wait with <laughs> all the other students. She literally was like, peace, like at my gate, like at a house gate. She was like, you got to go, sis. Do this. <laughs> she's like, I love yeah. you. Take care of yourself. God bless you. She prayed for me. She did all oh. the things. But she was like, take care of yourself. Would you with prayers? <laughs> Literally. So she I I left um where I lived, got into a taxi with this huge trunk. I was with my uncle, I remember this, with this huge trunk full of see the, the thing is you would, the trunk is usually supposed to be full of food, but because it's your first day, you have textbooks, you have all these things, you have blankets. So I didn't have as much food as I thought I had, which mm. we're going to get into later. But, Ooh, okay. Okay. But I got there and everybody is sizing each other up when we get to the bus station. Ah, uh, okay. And they're like, okay. From one stand here, you get into this bus, whatever, whatever. We get in, we go in, and to find out, all the other people were already there. Because mm. you could go Before there. you go ahead, did you actually get a trunk that was yours? Because I got my mother's trunk like 27 plus years later. <laughs> no. You raised your name and wrote my name. No, I, fortunately, I got, I got my own. Because okay. my, I was the second person in, in my family to go to boarding school, but my uncle was still in school too, so I couldn't use his. But if I could, if my grandmother could have saved a penny, mm-hmm. she would have been like, take his trunk. Yeah. So we get we get there. It it was very intimidating because already all these people that are older than you are already there. Because you're saying people could technically go to the school before the day. Yeah. Okay. They just never gave you that information. No. Especially, like, if you you had been going to the school for, like, a year or two, you could Okay, so they would know. It's not the newbies here. No. So they already pick out the beds where they get to sleep in and everything. Ah. So now you get to pick the extras. The leftovers. Yeah. Oh, if the rejects. Or if they have their friends, they're like, I'm holding this bed for my friend. So you like you basically like picking the things they don't want, the sports mm-hmm. they don't want. Is that reject? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my uniform. Because nobody if you don't have anybody in boarding school, like you don't know the, the ins and the outs. Mm-hmm. So they buy the skirts. I I'm sure I was I was sure. And they're super long, super long. No, no, no. They um, are purposely made to look like a nun's. Uh, yeah. What are they called? Nun's uniform. <laughs> I don't think nuns wear. Okay, whatever clothes. Whatever it is. Uh-huh. And I take that my uniform for my. Isn't the habit is the head? Is the head thing? What I don't know. Hmm, okay. But my, my uniform for my first year was super trash. I looked like an old lady every single day. By the time I got to my last year in that school, mm. 
mm. my skirt could could not even cover my ass that much because <laughs> I was like, first of all, <laughs> I am okay, so first day you are sizing people are sizing each other up, and then you realize you showed up with the uniform straight out of the the store. You should have taken it to the tailor for it to fit you a certain way. Yes. And, okay. And I already got a bed that I didn't, I had it because you sleep in bunk beds. The bed I ended up having was a, a bottom bunk, a bottom bed. Bottom bunk. The bottom yeah. bunk. Uh-huh. And the, in the corner, like the darkest corner you can think of. Ooh. That's what, like you would think it's, it's nice or whatever in terms of it was in a, like it was a far away from the door. But when you got hot, like the amount of mosquitoes I had to deal with oh, okay. was a lot. Okay. But, it, and then like I got to know people and then I realized from that day on that I don't like that many people Oh, because it was a lot. It was a lot. And everybody's just like, so why are your parents? What do your parents do? Where are your parents? But like children, relax. It sounds like there there was a sizing up, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I skipped the whole go to the bus thing. I've I never actually took the bus. I don't like I don't remember ever taking the bus. The only time I took the bus was if we're going on like field trips. I would always be driven to school. Uh-huh. So the first time I went was actually, well, I think I'd finished the first semester or what are they called? don't remember right now. Term. But I'd finished the first term. And then, so second term was when I went in and I went in once everyone else had gone. So here is my... Uh, Nan bougie me. Bougie me. <laughs> You've always been bougie. This is what we're letting. We're all been bougie. <laughs> Showing up to school once everyone else has already been there, their trunks are getting empty and I show up. And the first thing, so my sister already went to that school a plus. <laughs> so I didn't have to worry about a lot of things. Some of those things were taken care of. And I show up, and the first thing I tell them is, I do not eat isichuala. I do not eat pap. I do not eat porridge. I have my cerevitas that are going to last me the whole term. For... For let me tell you something. I would have hated you at my school. <laughs> For two years, I think my nickname was Cerevita. <laughs> Yeah, it was. It it truly was because I showed up and I was like, ah, no, I'm not doing any of this stuff. And what was it? The principal, the head miss, headmistress, headmaster, yeah. the headmaster, was also a sibanda. So she's like, Masvanda, come here. She's like, so what will Engon do? <laughs> Is this? This is what we're going to do. I'm going to give you two weeks to finish up all your food because the boarding school I went to, one, were kids. It's up to grade seven. So they would cook for us. They would wash for us. They would clean for us. Well, most of the things. So there was not a lot of things that we would do ourselves, right? So we really didn't need to have that much food because food was always taken care of. Mm. yeah yeah that's the same so thing. that was my first two weeks that's horrible is that i would have hated you by the way <laughs> i hated the kids tell that me came would have loved you. tell and, me a time when you would have loved me and you know what's funny mm-hmm. i didn't really eat bab all that time like it's chocolate mm-hmm. i didn't eat it I hated it because the 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 cornmeal they used, mm. was, it was that one that wasn't refined. Yeah. So I I couldn't eat it. I couldn't eat it. So, but I never said it out loud. 
I there was so a time. What would you do? Huh? What would you do? I would just sit there and eat. If we're eating beans, I'll put ketchup in the beans and mayonnaise and just eat those. Mm. I would just eat whatever side they were they were giving us. Side. <laughs> <laughs> she said it was a side. I'll eat whatever side. What is that, it? Okay, <laughs> not too much. <laughs> <laughs> but my first year, okay, I had an fair enough. I had an oversized tracksuit, which led people to believe that I was a lesbian, but it wasn't my choice. Because whatever I bought, my grandmother was like, this looks good, go. So my tracksuit was oversized. Oh, by that, she means oversized? Mm-hmm. By that, she means an oversized? Yeah, but because she also was like, you go, you're still growing. So if I, oh, yeah. fix, this, if I fix this, I'm going to need to buy you something new in a couple months or in a year. So if I don't mm-hmm. fix it, you're going to grow into it. Oh yeah, that that was always the thing. For and for us, we also put name tags on our clothes. Oh yeah. So I... that because all the kids were always the uniform was the same for everyone. Yeah. So I... you needed to have a few like things that will make you a little distinct. And that was the you put a name tag on it. That was about it. Yeah. Overall, though, did you enjoy, like, your boarding school experience? (sighs) (laughs) Enjoy is a really, really, really difficult word to go with, okay? I will say this. Did I learn from it? Did I gain from that experience? Oh, yeah, I did. Um... Was there a point where it was a really big part of my identity? Yeah. Um, will I say I enjoyed it? I remember the struggle more than I remember the good things. Mm. There's friends that I made from there that I still talk to till today. And I'm talking people uh, in the UK. There's people that are in South Africa. There's people all over the world and we're still in contact which is great. I'm not going to take away that it came with those advantages. Um, the experience that I really didn't get or feel like was enough was that one-on-one, okay, that's a lie. I was the teacher's pet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had finished that statement. I couldn't let myself finish it because then I was like, wait, you are the same person that the teacher would send to your house, could go take care of her food because she trusted you to that extent. And I would spend the summer holidays at the teacher's house doing extra lessons. I'm putting this in quotation marks because I think we all know why. Why? Were they really extra lessons? Were they truly extra lessons? I did take extra lessons once. I never learned anything. But that's what I'm saying, like... Extra lessons. Okay, I will tell you this. What I learned is how to make rice and beans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Extra lessons part, I don't know. Me and one of my friends, Trish, we had an opportunity to be like getting on the taxi by ourselves and would spend our money that we're supposed to pay for our seats for. Guys, I was tiny. The... <laughs> The conductor is talking about how, oh, you two cannot sit on top of each other is really a waste of time because I've always been tiny. We could have just been sharing that space this whole time, <laughs> which we did because then we wanted to spend the money on chips or something. So yeah. d- don't mind me. I mean, Trish did the most at some point. <laughs> I'm trying to see who, if I was a teacher's pet, I really wasn't. I avoided teachers like the black. I avoided the, the metron like the because they they said I had an attitude problem, which was a lie. Um, because <laughs> hmm. first of all, I I would talk back. Okay, I would be like they would be like clean this. I'd be like, but why? For the who? For the who? And I and 
if we like they always felt like our seniors shouldn't do as much as we did but i'm like we made the same amount of mess so why aren't they cleaning mm. and they're like you're stubborn you're rude you talk back so i was always in punishment for always questioning or talking back or talking back Every time, like, they would be, like, every weekend, because we would do our chores on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And then that was the time also they, like, be, like, this is the punishment for all of the scenes you did Monday through Friday. And, and I promise you, my whole first year. You had I, plenty of scenes? I cleaned every, I scrubbed every toilet. I swept every every floor i swept all the outside i i dug holes like i did everything in the name of punishment because i don't think they understood me <laughs> oh, oh okay 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 how are you misunderstood I was, misunderstood I was a curious person and also because the you know when somebody is your senior or they are like the class monitors or whatever mm-hmm. They would take that to the extreme. They would take that to the extreme. And I yeah. had this tendency because my grandmother told me that you're going to Canada soon to start speaking. And my English was, you think my English was, is bad now? My English was horrible then. But I would be speaking English to everybody that I could. And then every time, they would be like, she's so full of herself. Why does she have to speak English? And I'm like, but I'm going to be going to Canada soon. Look, you're preparing to go to Canada. I I, I did that for four years. (laughs) (laughs) You mean the whole time you were doing your (laughs) O-levels? Yes. Four four years later, they even called me Canada for a while. (laughs) Because then they were like, there she goes, she'd be lying again. See, that's the thing. Like, that's why I said my nickname was Serevita. In boarding school, their nicknames were always on point. And kids were very quick to give each other nicknames. Like, they would not waste time on that. This girl was trying to read the word nature. Mm-hmm. And she said nature, right? <laughs> Up to this day, even in our group chats, she's still nature. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure now it's being spelled out the way it sounds natural. It's still spelled out as nature. But <laughs> we all know, know what they You all just know how to pronounce it. You re- at first you read like in nature, you did this. And then you're like, wait, it's nature. Like, <laughs> it's not nature, it's natural. Who did this? <laughs> everybody, everybody, they're like. It's funny, it's like time has passed, but it's like time hasn't passed. Because whenever we get back to the group chat, it's still like, everybody's still talking about those moments. Because I think, because we, we spent so much time together, yeah. we yeah. became like... A, we, we all bonded together. Right? We bonded. Those, um, mm-hmm. Like, we knew each other's like family issues family dynamics blah 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 and when like it was like you had those core friends that if you didn't have enough food they would mm-hmm. look after you then you had those enemies that would come and steal your stuff like it was always <laughs> we had a surrogate truth be told the surrogate family that came out of it was so real i think probably a month ago someone sent me a message on facebook and is like do you remember when you did this I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I didn't have anyone that came and visited and you gave me food. And I was like, I did that. Guys, you told me to do that? <laughs> it, became, it became one of those things that you looked, you learned to look out for each other. Right? It was like, oh, she's going through this. Because like a visit, you knew if... My, the first visiting day that happened, I knew my grandmother was, never came because it was like literally three weeks after school started. Okay. So she wouldn't come. She would come to the second one, which was the one like in between the beginning, like it's right in the middle of the, sem- of the semester, of the term. Mm-hmm. So she would bring me enough food that she thought <laughs> is important. Last she year. thought yeah. <laughs> will last me until... The, the end of the, the end of the semester, because then the last one was three weeks before 
we went home and my grandmother was like, you got three weeks, you can survive. You can starve for three weeks, you'll be fine. No, no. You can eat what's being made at the DH, which is the dining hall. <gasps> Let me tell you something. Those people at the dining hall did not care about our health. They did not <laughs> care about nutritional value. They did not care about anything other than them getting paid because the things they were cooking. But also you're t- cooking for 400 plus people. This is why I always say, I will make you an individual meal any day. Do not count on me mass producing food. This is how you turn into the boarding school people where you can see the water, the oil separating. It is so true. It yeah? is so true. Okay, quickly, let me run down my schedule for the day. Tell you how ridiculous that was. We woke up at five. We left it. We had to take a shower, cold shower. And then we didn't have to, we had to start cleaning between five and six is waking up and getting ready. Six to six thirty is cleaning up the do- the dormitories because you couldn't leave it dirty. And then six thirty, you have to start leaving to the dining hall because at seven, you have to start, you have to be eating porridge. Okay. 7.30, you have to be by the assembly. 7.30, between 7.30 and 7.45. 7.45, you're late, so you can, your name gets written down for punishment if you get there by 7.45 exactly. 8, mm-hmm. our classes stopped. Between 8, 8 to 10, you have your classes. 10, you have to be at the dining hall by 10.15 for, for tea, for breakfast. And then by 10.45, what is it? You have to be back to your next classroom. To your next class after that because that was both break and breakfast yeah and then after that you you stay from yeah 10 45 until basically 12 the 12 30 i think that was the last class and then you're done you go back to the dining room for 12 45 by 1 30 you have to be done eating and the whole dining room is cleaned up you go back to the dormitories to freshen up and change and go back to your afternoon studies by two. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a whole thing. It was it was like a military base. By two, you get to your study. You start studying or if you have afternoon classes until four. Four, then you go do extracurricular activities. If you were running, if you were doing all these things, or you go back to the dorm to hang out. And then by five, you have to have supper. And then by six, you have to be back in the classrooms for evening studies. And then by nine, you have to be sleeping. Lights out. So every single minute of the day was uh, counted for it. Yeah. We had two-hour afternoon studies or afternoon classes and then two-hour evening studies because evening studies went from six to eight. Mm-hmm. And then... Eight, you have to, they finish, you go back to the dorm, you have an, probably like 50, 45 minutes to get ready for the next day until it slides out. Mm. So you your whole entire day is accounted for. Okay. You might have like 15 minutes to yourself, but really what's 15 minutes? We did a lot though in those 15 minutes. People would take showers. <laughs> And get yeah. and get ready and put because like if you had a boyfriend, you always feel like they need to take a shower all the time. It was a whole thing. Oh, okay. So it was unisex. Yes, it was. It was both boys and girls. Okay, we're just clarifying. Ours was unisex too, but I don't remember the exact times. But what I will say is, we would wake up and take a shower, do some chores, go for breakfast, which was the porridge and bun, and then go to class, go to assembly class, and then around 10, 10.30 is breakfast. This is when you get tea and a bun, and then you go back to class. Then you come back around 12 or 12.30 for lunch, and I believe we went back again to class. And then we would come out for dinner. And this is where in between dinner and class, there will be time to freshen up. 
and if there were people that were doing some extra activities then they would do them it was some there was some downtime in between that maybe an hour an hour and a half at that point i don't think i conceptualized time the same way <laughs> mm. <laughs> and then you go to dinner for six and then after dinner you go to the evening studies that is during the week evening studies for about an hour and a half two hours and then you'd go back to your dorm and have a little bit of downtime and then it's bedtime at some point yeah weekends there were no classes so we spent most of our day like the day was spent doing chores oh yeah yeah the day was mostly doing certain chores uh there might be some uh there might be a movie, there might be sports. There, there's a few more things that are going on during the weekend than during the week. And so I will tell you a lovely story. We were in grade six or seven. I'm going to say six as far as I remember. And there was about five of us. We all decided that we're going to be coordinating our outfits and we're just going to be coordinated and exemplary. Basically, Tuesday, we'd wear blue T-shirts with our gym dresses when we're going for dinner in the evening. And we would eat before everyone else and be done so that we can help anyone else clean. We also got to a stage where we'd give away our stroller to the boys because we thought they needed more food than we <laughs> Wow. We're just little skinny little bitches. Like when I see mean girls, I'm like, yeah, I relate to that. I hear you. I, I got you. Because we, we, we did that. There was a point where we used to wake up earlier than everyone and get dressed and get started on the chores so that when people wake up, they'll find that the chores are already done and everyone would love us. I was doing the most. <laughs> I can't so we would even between us we would always like exchange food because let's say I for example never liked eating eggs I have my trauma with eggs mm -hmm. so I would always exchange with someone else who liked eggs but didn't like polony so then we would exchange on the days that we're having eggs you'd have two eggs and I forgo my egg. And then on the day that we're having bologna, I'll have two she forgo hairs. And I funny yeah. thing, I still speak to people today and they remember those things. They remember that stuff. And, and when I talk to my mom about my experience in boarding school, she's like, so was it great? Because like we say, this is more of a status thing. She thought she was doing something amazing. Thing. literally my mother she believes that boarding school was was great for me and i'm like ma'am mm -hmm. i got trust issues from boarding school i got abandonment <laughs> i got trust i got trauma i got attachment um I got yeah. mm -hmm. but it, so what what do you think you learned from from boarding school what were your takeaways from that experience to be self-reliant that's very true. And recognizing that really there wasn't anything that I couldn't do in the sense that even with all of these restrictions, the trouble, the things that we got into was a lie. Like somehow, like you said, 15 minutes is a very long time to get into the most... <laughs> Or whenever we were on punishment, we would never be doing anything we're supposed to do on punishment. We'll be doing something else. That is true. And But it also gave me an opportunity to like get to live with different personalities and different people. It doesn't mean we always got along, but you were exposed to that. That's true. Right? So but then you get to figure out how you interact with people. Because I remember my first year, I think there was 46 of us in one one dorm, mm. if not more. Yeah, forty between 40 and 48. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. We are all sleeping in one space. We're sharing space. 
was sharing a bathroom. Well, it was big, but we're sharing a bathroom. And the bathroom was shared between one, two, three, four, four dorms, with which all had 40, 40 to 48 people at a time. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So it was like you learned to like navigate your own space. Yeah. You learned to be like, okay, I live with a, a lot of people with different personalities. Mm-hmm. Let me stand my ground. Let me find my own identity. And sometimes you just got lost in the in the mess, though. It was like, you know, this is a lot. Because whatever issue you had, there was one metron. So you really didn't want mm-hmm. to bring me into your mess. Mm-hmm. You, you had to fix it. If you don't like somebody or somebody did something to you, you had to navigate that space on your own. Yeah. So it was like, your own problems. Right. It's like everything that you did, you had to, in a way, you had to grow up. Yeah, you did. And it's like, if I was home, these are things that I would have went to my grandmother for her to help me deal, like, to help me with. And when your parents came during visiting days or your guardian, Mm -hmm. as much as you want to tell all these stories, you're just excited to see them. Because they're not there the whole day, they're there for an hour. Yeah. So you're like, it's like a prison. You get to it. Yeah. It's just. It's really like a prison. <laughs> I remember <laughs> keeps coming up with ways to describe this experience. I was going to say, I think a, a problematic thing because we, there were so many girls and growing up, I also have sisters growing up. I, I don't even think about this whole thing about being naked around girls. I'm oh, just so naked. I'm just like I don't care. We literally, I get it. In that space, we used to run from the bathroom because it was, it was like four hundred girls living to like in one. Like Mm -hmm. it didn't matter. It was like what if if you were trying to hide your body, we would shame you into showing us. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't like it was. It would be like we would make fun of you until you're like, you know what? Let me live my life because these people are never gonna rest. You know what? Yeah, I mean? they'll never let you down for it. Yeah, you're better off just living your best life. Yeah, everything that we we used to do was just like it didn't matter. You just walk around naked. We used to run from the bathroom, which was like a block away, <laughs> naked, because you're coming back. Like I'm not putting on this dirty clothes. I'm just gonna dry myself as I'm running. <laughs> And just, and just make it. The and, most important thing is you made it. That, that's all. I remember one time I was taking a shower and I forgot to bring my, my towel and I just took off my clothes. And midway, while I was, I had, it was a Saturday, so we had extra time. Okay. Midway, while I was scrubbing, my body was so, I realized I had no towel. So oh. I ran back to the to to my dog with soap <laughs> with soap all over me i remember this because everybody was like you are so dumb and the, we had just cleaned the dome so it was also making a mess and they were just like no no you can't do this this is where we draw the line and with my stubborn self i'm like i'm gonna do it again next saturday i didn't do it but i thought about it <laughs> like i forgot my towel well and i think that's the other thing you you become comfortable with yourself, yeah. but then you become so comfortable with these people that there is no, like the shaming part of it doesn't exist. Like you think about it and you're like, oh yeah, well, they shame you. But really in reality, it's just good times and like stories that come out of it. That is so And like it creates a, an identity for you, yeah. right? Like in particular, funny thing, I think this is a funny coincidence, we didn't know each other in Zim, but we have people in common that went to school with me that later went to school with you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right. So it's like, it's interesting how like a boarding school becomes a place where people meet each other and get connected and make lifelong friendships. So Papa Pope and Scandal did not have it wrong, guys. <laughs> you send your child to boarding school so that they can be connected with people because right now there's people that i know in tanzania there's people that i know in botswana there's people that i know in south africa i don't i can't i i don't feel like i can go to anywhere in the world and not be like oh 
I know someone that lives there. Oh, I know someone because of that connection. We all came for the same thing, but we're all able to like stay connected long after that. That's true. And one of the other things that like one of the big things that I learned, I don't know if it is it is as great mm-hmm. <laughs> as it should be, but it is um I learned to be independent, right? Yeah. In the sense that although sometimes I was surrounded by forty something people, certain things you had to do on your own. Yeah. You had you to did. make you had to make sure your clothes were washed. You had to make sure that you save enough food that would last you. Because as much as we were, we will help each other out. It was also your responsibility to make sure that you don't need their help just in case they decided to help you this time. Mm. So everything, even like soap. Oh yeah. You cannot run out of soap just in case, because you never knew how somebody felt about giving you soap. You can't be walking around with dirty uniforms because then you get punished for wearing dirty uniforms. It's a whole But then there's two soaps here. We're talking about washing soap and then also oh, ba- bathing soap. Both of those you cannot run out of. Oh, yeah. You cannot afford to run out of soap. Like, that's not... And lotion. Hey, lotion. <laughs> yes. You'll be ashy and you'll be called ashy. Yeah. Ever. Even up to this day, when they see you, they'll still call you ashy. You'll be ash. (laughs) (laughs) I remember I used to, I used to get headaches to the point where like I wouldn't be able to see. Mm. So I would spend so much time when I told, like, if I cried a lot, I would not bleed, which led me to have headaches. It became a thing. And then I'll be in the dome for like three days and people have to bring me like, in those days I'm like, I'm going to wash my clothes because when everybody leaves, it's so quiet. It's so peaceful. Yeah. I'll go wash my clothes. If you don't, if I don't have soap, I can use who, who never soap <laughs> <laughs> because they're not there. She was stealing your soaps, guys. Just if you are ever listening to this and wondering what happened to your soap, why it would be smaller each time I'll, you came back, but it was dry <laughs> and there was no evidence. You're like, Mm-hmm. I honestly feel like I'll be in the door for like three days and they'll have to bring me food. And I hated, I, I hated dining hall food. I hated it. Maybe this is the reason why I hate buffets. But <laughs> <laughs> I, it wasn't like buffet style, but I hated it because it was... Must produced. Anything must produced is just... Ugh. Yeah, but... I, I, like, it was a big part of my life, though. That when I think of Zimbabwe, I usually think of your life in boarding school. My life in boarding school because I was in boarding school nine months out of the year, and only three months at home. Yeah, well, in order for us to, we can talk about boarding school the whole day, whole night, whatever. How how do we conclude and conceptualize that experience? We were nine months out, three months with everybody else, but you never felt like you're part of everyone. Like when you, it was hard to get back to society. Because <laughs> you're in prison. <laughs> no, no, no. Because, when, because you can you can do that, but also we had our own. We, in boarding school, you created your own language. Mm. You created. You're like there's for me, I was known as don't mess with that girl in the city. Back when I got back to the city where I lived, nobody knows this identity that I've, I've created in boarding school. Nobody knows that Amanda. And also in nobody in boarding school called me Amanda. Oh, do we want to know? They call me Mandy. I prefer that. <laughs> too many Amandas, anyways. <laughs> There's a lot of Amanda. There, there was, yeah, the other girl, what's it? They, the other, either was Mandy or Amy. Mm. They would call me those, those two. Or Amy, actually, it was Amy D. Amy D. Because the other girl, other, the other Amanda was Amy B. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, when you go back to the city, it was a little bit difficult because now you have, you're used to speaking a certain language that everybody understood. Mm-hmm. And you're getting back here and like you're talking to people and they're like, but what? And then by the time you get adjusted to living in the city, you have it's to go. Time to go. 
And it's like, it, it was like we created our own world where we, it was just kids. Mm. No, like the teachers were there, but the teachers will, will only see them. Were for very them. irrelevant when it came to the big. No, yeah, because it would be like you learned, you lived with your peers twenty four seven, and as much, I, I don't remember the bad as much as I remember the good. Because mm. I think we had more good times than bad. Even when we didn't have food. The people at the dining hall were cooking us like things that shouldn't be edible. <laughs> <laughs> that shouldn't be eaten by anybody. We still found ways. Like we would break into song. We would make fun of somebody for like three hours. If it was you your turn. Fruits and vegetables and you incorporate it <laughs> to the cool food that was cooked and just be creative along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I don't think it was an all-around bad experience. There's stuff from it that I would definitely take away. Um, Just thinking back and comparing what my mother's experience thought it was versus what it actually Mm -hmm. was. I think that's where the disconnect was. Mm -hmm. It isn't the experience itself. The kids, the kids were all growing up. There were good things. There were bad things. We were mean sometimes. But we were really like a little family that was there for each other. And I think we'll continue to always be there for each other. And like you said, we don't even have to say certain things. We understand if there are unspoken rules and norms that we've like really internalized and started to enjoy. I don't think my parents' intention was to get rid of us and not actually raise us. But I think two things were at play. First, there's a status thing. If I can afford to take my kids to boarding school, it means I've made it in life. Mm-hmm. But secondly, in Zimbabwe, there's this idea that when you go to school, your parents almost like hand over their rights to the school. <laughs> so it's not that they didn't want to parent, but it was around the, for me to give you the best education, you cannot be exposed to the hustle and bustle of like the real, real world. Mm-hmm. you need to be able to concentrate and be a child i mean we had to grow up but we still were kids we had to grow up but in a kid environment like you had to grow up and be responsible but also you were still a kid because mm-hmm. you didn't have to worry about tuition you didn't have to worry about rent all we had to worry about was like okay i have to study which they think we did, but like parents, all the par- parents' idea for boarding school is, and what boarding school is actually is, are two different things. Very much. We had four hour studies a day. Ask me how many hours I studied. Maybe thirty minutes of that. <laughs> the rest of the time, we were making fun of each other. We were doing everything we shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. Or oh, we're napping because we have to take turns on napping because. When the teacher is coming, somebody has to wake you up. It has to alert the people, you know. <laughs> like, whatever it was, it was like, they think that, oh, because I think one of the things that they were like, oh, this will prepare, like, if you're going to university, this will prepare mm. you to be like, because you're spending so much time studying. And I'm like, great. So you think. <laughs> so you think. It's nothing like that. I'm not saying they wasted their money, but it's nothing like that. Yeah. It wasn't that. Yeah. It was it was quite and this topic really came up because we're thinking about boarding schools here and how different it would be. So I don't know. What is and we're very sensitive. When we talk about boarding school, we're very much aware of like residential schools and that that wasn't a pleasant experience. It wasn't something that people were consenting to doing. It was something that was done to erase a culture, a nation, a people. So that's this is not what we're talking about. It's really going and having a different experience, yeah. but still retaining who you are. Yeah. I mean, we we shaved our heads Oof. because it was it was the school policy. It was the school policy, sanitary. Most effective way, but it wasn't to get to erase our culture no. because we still observed our cultures. Some of us got baptized at school. Yeah, I went to a Christian school. I had to go to church 
mm-hmm. twice a week. Even when you didn't want to. <laughs> it wasn't a choice. It yeah. was put into the schedule. Sundays yeah. were church days. Yes. You had to wear a dress, the, the tunic. <laughs> and you have to go to church from 10, I want to say, to 12. We got to sleep in a little bit on Sunday. Yeah, you you did get to see. Yeah, we we did, well, you could go for breakfast like porridge if you wanted to, which I never went to. Um, <laughs> but I was like, no. Yeah, I got baptized my last year. Oh, look at you converting! My last year, because I also knew that if I didn't get baptized there, I was like, where would I get baptized there? <laughs> well. If you're spending nine months out of the year, when you try and go back home for a month and try to get baptized like at your regular church with your grandmother, that oh, wasn't gonna fly. My church we had to have three months um classes for baptism baptism mm. classes. So I was like, eh, I'll just take them at school because then I don't have to sit with everybody during the service because we have baptism classes. But also the 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 pastor who baptized me um tried to rape a student so i don't know if that's still works the same oh, oh, oh i feel like this is another conversation <laughs> for a different day if i tell you boarding school was a movie i'm not kidding oh it was we could probably <laughs> tell you stories for days but, <laughs> but on that note on that note <laughs> Love isn't what for you this week, love. Ooh. Well, I think love isn't me overpouring from my cup. Ooh. I know. Careful there. You might end up empty. Exactly. Well, and it's like overpouring, not just because I'm empty, but I'm, I have enough and then I give. But also I am taking some things back and not letting everyone into my uh, inner circle <laughs> to not everyone deserves my um my generosity my kindness Your my, <laughs> my energy like no like i it, it's unfortunate and the timing of it too is very interesting but that feeling of i give and people don't take the time to ever think about me. Mm. So I'm going to start having to give to me too. Mm. You know? But you also have to remember, if you don't monitor your giving, people will always receive. They're the, the takers. The receivers will always be openly receiving. Yeah. yeah. So you have to put a boundary on them and be like, I'm giving this much. This is all mm. I can about to give now. And I can't give any more than that. Mm. And it still doesn't take away from me. Mm. And that idea of like, I'm no longer a good person because I say no is out the window. Ooh, speak on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is love isn't for you? Um, love isn't compliance. Okay. Um, I feel like there's certain people in my life that I've been complying you know they'll be like do this i'm like okay cool and then the days i decide i don't want to it's like looking at me sideways like how dare you Mm. you know so it's like finally saying standing in my no and letting my no be a no and moving on and not feeling and not feeling bad about it yeah i hate that part because i feel guilty Because I'm like, I should do it. I should just, you know, comply and be like, this is what you need. I'm going to do it. Well, the the guilt is because the receivers or the people that have an expectation from you will just give you this look that makes you feel like, if I give you, you'll be okay. But again, it's not my role, my business to make you okay. Mm Mm-hmm. You can do that for yourself. Okay. Yes. Well, it has been lovely, fellow humans, before <laughs> the aliens take over. Yeah, before they take over. Uh, 
This has been us at Love Isn't. Where the U is for you. And we encourage you to be selfish. Bye.